Good morning, Winners Church. <laughs> Hallelujah. Isn't the Lord good? Wow. The presence of God is here. The presence of God is where you're at, and we're excited about the fact that Jesus said he would never leave us nor forsake us. He is with us always, even to the end of the age. You have nothing to fear, nothing to worry about. Your Savior is on the job. He is right here with you, loving you, helping you, favoring you, opening doors for you. I want you to rejoice. I want you to be excited. I want you to know that you matter to the Lord. You matter to heaven. All of heaven is celebrating you. All of heaven is excited about you and your future and what's to come in your life. Amen. I want you to start clapping for that wherever you at. Hallelujah. We are excited. I want you to be engaged. I want you to be excited about what God is going to say to us today and what God is doing in your life today. Amen. So today, I want to talk to you about being known by God. I want to talk to you about being known by God. It is critical and a blessing of the new covenant the Bible teaches that you know God. But what's more important is that you are known by God. And not only are you known by God, the Bible says you are fully known by God. Amen? We're going to look at two scriptures before we go into the points I want to give you. And the first one is Galatians chapter 4, verse 9. This is Paul writing to the Galatian Christians. And this is what he says. But, but now... After you have known God, or rather, in other words, better yet, are known by God, how is it that you turn again to the weak and beggarly elements to which you desire again to be in bondage? So he was encouraging them to stay in their freedom in Christ. Don't get into rules and the regulations of the Mosaic law that doesn't bring salvation, that doesn't bring profit to you. He's saying, listen, you know God now. Matter of fact, you're known by God now. You have an intimate relationship with the living God through Jesus Christ. Don't get into these rules and regulations. Jesus said it is finished on the cross. Relish in that. And so his whole theme in his letter to the Galatians was about freedom in Christ. All right? And so he says, you are known by God. Then in 1 Corinthians 13, 12, and this is from the New American Standard Bible, he says, for now we see in a mirror dimly, but then face to face, talking about the day we see Jesus, now I know in part, but then I will know fully, just as I also have been fully known. Have been what? Fully known. And so you bring those two scriptures together, and we can clearly see that we are fully known by God. We are fully known by our Heavenly Father. There's nothing about you, past, present, or future, that God doesn't know. And you can rest in that. You can feel security in that. You can feel safety and joy in that fact that you are known by God. Matter of fact, this is an intricate part of your identity. You can't really have an off-the-hook identity at work in you if you don't have a consciousness that you are known by God. 
Amen? And there's some amazing things that the Bible teaches us and shows us about being known by God. And I want you to write this down. Number one, being known by God or being fully known is the basis for not being afraid. Being fully known is the basis for not being afraid. And so check this scripture out. Matthew 10, 29 and 31 says, are not two sparrows, this is Jesus talking to the disciples. He said, are not two sparrows, two birds, sold for a copper coin, and not one of them falls to the ground apart from your father's will. In other words, any bird that dies, these little tiny birds, even those birds, God knows every single bird that falls from the sky that dies. And let me tell you something. There are millions and billions of birds. Study it out. God knows every detail about everyone. And then he says this. But the very hairs of your head are all numbered. In other words, I'm going to go even deeper. Now you know a strand of hair is much smaller than a little bird. He said, even the hairs on your head are numbered. Every single, oh my God. 7.5 billion people on the planet and God knows how many hairs are on your head and the number of each hair. Jesus. And so then he says, do not fear, therefore. Based on God fully knowing you, you have no reason to fear. You are of more value than many sparrows. And so if you study the background of Matthew 10, Jesus is talking about telling his disciples that they're going to be persecuted, that people are going to come and they're going to want to kill you, they're going to persecute you. And he says to them, don't be afraid of man who can just kill body but cannot do nothing with your soul. He said what you should fear is fear God who can kill both body and soul in hell. So he says that, and then he goes into this beautiful thing about being fully known by God and that being the basis of why you should not be afraid of persecution. But it's not just persecution that you should not be afraid of. You shouldn't be afraid of not being able to pay your bills. So many people in our time are being afraid to pay their bill, that I'm not gonna be able to pay my bills. Some of you are doing really good, but some people are not. You know, that, that, um, that uh, money is about to run out, the government money, you know, pandemic is almost over, things are going back to normal, people are like, well, what am I going to do? Some people had some extra cash coming in because of the pandemic, things are going on, and they're like, well, I'm going to miss some of that money, it doesn't make a difference. God is the one who supplies your need, not the U.S. government. Amen. A pandemic ain't going to go on forever. Emergency funds ain't going to be provided forever. You got to get into your creativity. You got to get into your wisdom and know that God is going to take care of you. Matter of fact, Jesus said it this way. He says, go ask your father for what you need. But then he says this, even though he already knows what you need. And so the basis of going to God and not being afraid of not having is the fact that God already knows what you need. He already knows what you desire, and he's going to give it to you once you ask. Amen. 
And so you don't have to be afraid of not being able to pay your bills. You don't have to be afraid of dying of some sickness and disease like so many people are afraid of. Oh, I'm afraid of getting COVID. Or I'm afraid of getting a variant. Or I'm afraid of dying of cancer. Or I'm afraid of dying of this. You have to resist that fear. Fear is in the earth realm. And your job is to submit to God. That means get into his word. And, that means, and then resist the devil. Fears of the devil. You resist the spirit of fear. How do you do that, Pastor Maurice? When the fear is coming on you or paranoia is coming on you. Some of you experience paranoia in the nighttime or paranoia during the day. You say, fear, I resist you in the name of Jesus. You do it just like that. You say, paranoia, I resist you. You say, fearful thoughts, I dismiss you in Jesus' name. If you ever hear the devil telling you, God don't love you, God hasn't really forgiven you, you think he loves you, you think all that grace Pastor Maurice is preaching is real, it ain't. You say, devil, I resist resist you. You're a liar, and I don't believe you. I believe my father. Amen. You got to do better than um, Adam and Eve did when the devil came to them in a garden of Eden, in a garden of delight, in paradise. And he said, has God said? When things are going well for you, that's when the devil wants you to start doubting God. He wants you to start looking to yourself and not looking to him. Not looking to the hills from where your help comes from. He wants you to look within. Oh, you did this. You did that. No. Look to the Lord. And said, I'm standing on the promises of God. I'm living by faith in God. Amen. Hallelujah. And you can live like that when you recognize that you are fully known by your Father. Woo! Come on. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. Give God some praise where you're at. God is good. God loves you. And God fully knows you. Now, let's look at... The second point, write this down. Being fully known means you are incredibly valuable. That's the last part of that verse in Matthew 10, verse 31. It says, do not fear, therefore, you are of more value than many sparrows. So the fact that God fully knows you means that you are incredibly valuable. You're not just some, okay, yeah, you're a little something. Nah, you're a big something. You know why? Because your origin came out of God. You you are intrinsically connected to the Father. Hallelujah. That's why when Jesus said, the very hairs on your head are numbered, that's a very powerful scripture, and it has two two sides to it, like a coin. One side is telling us about how great God is. Can you imagine 7.5 billion people? God knows how many hairs are on the head of every single living person or dead person. (laughs) There's nothing that God doesn't know. Woo! That's called the omniscience of God. He's all-knowing. Not all-knowing like somebody who you know who knows a lot. No, God doesn't know a lot. He hasn't learned anything. <laughs> we get knowledge by learning. God gets, has knowledge because he is. Ah, Come on. Glory, glory, glory to God. I feel like that, um, that, um, um, that fighter who started speaking in tongues before he, 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 did you guys see that video? You probably did. I don't know if you did or not, but it was good. <laughs> more valuable than many sparrows. It's so important that you not tie your identity to your job, your career, 
the money you make, how you look, the clothes you wear, your race, your culture. Yo, we off the chain over here. <laughs> your fraternity, your denomination. There's some people belong to, to, to denominations and they're more identified with their denomination than they are who they are in Christ. Your family name. All of those things are good. But all of those things have a limit. And they are not your true identity. They are part of what you do. They are part of your experience on earth. But who you are in Christ is your real identity. The fact that you are known by God is your real identity. The fact that you come from God is your real identity. You being made in the image and the likeness of God is not just something nice to say. It is a revelation from heaven that should revolutionize your life. The fact that you are the offspring of God should make something on the inside of you leap for joy. Because you realize I'm not just some plant or some animal who lives by instinct. No, I am a spirit. I have a soul and I live in a body given to me by God. I'm a tripart being like the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost. I have a mind, I have a will, I have, I have, I have emotions that drive how I live. Come on. You're much more than meets the eye. <laughs> and you're fully known by the Father. Somebody shout, I'm valuable. Somebody say, I'm actually extremely valuable. Oh, yes, you are. Yes, you are. Yes, you are. This world will not tell you that. The devil will not tell you that. Your flesh will not tell you that. But your Father is telling you that. And you need to go around talking like that all the time. Like one of the things I told um, someone the other day is that I'm always walking around saying this is a statement. One of my affirmations, so I have affirmations I say from, a, from my phone that I have written out. But then I don't just do that. I speak out of my spirit certain things while I'm walking around on a day. So one of the things I say all the time is, um, I'm always in the right place at the right time experiencing the favor of God. That thing is working, son. Working. You, you know what I'm talking about? I mean, working. Just the other day, I was in Manhattan hanging out, and then at the end of my time hanging out, I decided, say, you know, instead of me going to um, Trader Joe's where I like to shop and, and other stores in Queens, let me just go to a Trader Joe's close to where I was. I, didn't the, I just left the Nike store. I wanted to buy me a new um, backpack. And so on Fifth Avenue, so I said, uh, what, what, what should I do? Where should I go? I said, let me go to the Trader Joe's close by, one that I've never been to. So I went to this one in Murray Hill in Manhattan. So I was there, but when I got there, I saw there was a Bed Bath & Beyond across the street. I said, oh my God, I wanted to go to a Bed Bath & Beyond today. But I didn't, think, I didn't know there was one right next to this. Then I said, oh, this is perfect. God knew how to orchestrate it. So I go to Bed Bath & Beyond, buy a whole bunch of stuff. Matter of fact, there's a lotion that I like <laughs> that every time I go to Target, it's gone. All right? And I've been doing, going for weeks. Matter of fact, I had to settle for Jergens. Sorry, Jergens. But you ain't like Bond. Gold is gold bond. 
and there's one with the shea butter. I, there's the one they have, but then there's one with the shea butter that's really good for my feet. <laughs> so, so every time I go to Target in Green Acres, it's, it's not there by me. How come when I walked into that one in Manhattan, in Bed Bath and Beyond, not, not Target, Bed Bath and Beyond, they had all the ones, that are, a whole bunch of them. I bought four of them, bad boys, and a whole bunch of other stuff I bought. So then when I'm online, I go to get my coupon for Bed Bath and Beyond because I have my phone in, in my new backpack. And I go get my phone and I see that it's Matthew Bonsi. You guys, some of you know who Matthew is. Now Matthew is doing his stuff in Albany, his training for, for the military for two weeks. But he happened to come down. He texts me. And I was like, oh, shoot. So I'm getting his coupon and then I call him. He said, yo, I'm... I just left Manhattan. I said, what, bro? I'm about to go home. He said, all right, I'm going to come back because he, he just left out. He turned back around. Guess what? I ran across the street, got my groceries from, from um, Trader Joe's, and I had a ride home for free. Come on, somebody. That's the favor of God. Mind you, he was coming back to Manhattan to see his girlfriend. He said, no, nah, I'm going to take you all the way home, and I'm going to come back. I said, What? Isn't that favor, baby? But I always say that. So just like I say that when it comes to favor, and I'm seeing the favor of God manifest in so many ways, you need to say that about your identity. I'm fully known by God. I'm fully taken care of by my Father. He loves me. He knows me. God, thank you for loving me. I've been saying that all the time. Throughout the day, Lord, thank you for loving me. Thank you for your grace. Let me talk about thank God for, the, for his grace. And I wonder if God's like, okay, I hear you. <laughs> thank you for your grace. I praise you, Lord. I glorify you. Woo! I was just singing Jira today. Oh, I went in in my living room. I didn't need nobody to be there, just me and my angel. We was like, yeah, Jira, you are enough. Okay. Amen. <laughs> Come on, somebody. God is gracious. God is gracious. God is good. You are valuable, guys. Number three, write this down. Being fully known means that Jesus cares about what you're concerned about. Now, notice I said Jesus cares about what you're concerned about. He's not concerned about what you're concerned about. And there's a difference. Jesus cares about what you're concerned about, but he's not concerned about what you're concerned about. Why? He's God. You will never see Jesus worry about something. You will never see Jesus troubled about something. Never. Never. How can God be troubled? How can God be worried? He can be grieved. He can be saddened. He can be angered, but he cannot be troubled. Because to say that God is troubled means that there's some outside force that's greater than him. And we know that's not true. Hallelujah. Amen. So Jesus never worried. He already knows the end from the beginning. So when you're troubled and you're concerned and you're tempted to worry or you have anxiety about something, Jesus cares. The devil 
And the flesh will tell you he doesn't, but he does. And so we see this in the story of Mary and Martha. You guys know this story. I've preached this even recently. But let's look again at Luke 10, 38 to 42. And let's look at it from a different slant. Now it happened as they went, talking about Jesus and the disciples, that he entered a certain village. And a certain woman named Martha welcomed him into her house. And she, said, and she had a sister called Mary who also sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word. But Martha, notice verse 40, but Martha was distracted with much serving. One of the things that I deal with is being distracted by things around me. People's needs, people's issues, my responsibility as a pastor, my own thoughts, my own thinking, whatever else is going on, it distracts me. I am, I can confess, an easily distracted person, but I'm asking God for grace to stay focused. And if you're easily distracted, I want you to be able to confess that and then ask God to give you grace to be focused. And there's many things that come to distract you. Sometimes it's good things, but even good things, once it distracts you from your purpose and your assignment, it no longer is good. So I encourage you, don't be distracted in the season. Be focused. And if you get off course, get back on course. If you get off course again, get back on course again. Don't stay in a slump. Don't stay stuck. Don't stay distracted. Do like God told Joshua to do. Don't turn to the left. Don't turn to the right. Focus. Amen. And she approached him, Jesus, Martha approached Jesus, and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? So she, again, like how the disciples did in the boat, she accuses Jesus of not caring. Don't you care? What's your problem? Y'all are here having a Bible study, and I'm here in the kitchen. What's going on? And then she gets a little bold. Therefore, tell her to help me. Now, who are you to tell the master to tell your sister to help you? And we get a picture that Mary is younger than Martha. But she has an issue with Jesus allowing this to happen. And let me tell you something. You want to win in life? Let me give you a foundation principle. Foundation. Somebody say foundation. Never have a problem with God. Never blame God for anything. Never allow yourself, because the temptation may come, to be angry with God as if God did something wrong. God has never and will never do anything wrong. He is perfect in all of his ways. And if you learn that from the beginning, the devil can't get you. But if you have anywhere in your soul, anywhere in your mind, God, why did you? You just messed up. You just messed up. Open door for Satan to deceive you. And deceiving spirits are real. Deceiving spirits are real. I know we're talking about spiritual warfare right now, but deceiving spirits will get you so far off course, you're going to wonder, how did I get here? 
because your foundation wasn't established. You didn't have sound doctrine in you. After all the things the devil has tried to tell me, you, man, the, 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 this foundation of never blaming God that I got from my spiritual father, Kenneth Hagin, he even wrote a book about it called Don't Blame God. Get it. It's on Amazon. <laughs> or go to Kenneth Hagin Ministries. It's a small mini book. And you'll learn that God is never your problem. If there's anything that's going wrong, God is not the problem. It's either you or the devil. Amen. Hallelujah. And so she missed it. But the Lord wasn't harsh with her. The Lord wasn't hard with her because he knew she didn't understand. And he says to her, and Jesus answered and said to her, Martha, Martha, you are worried and troubled about many things. But one thing is needed, and Mary has chosen that good part which would not be taken away from her. So he showed her what the answer was, which is the word. But before he showed her the answer, he identified with her, and he said, you are troubled about and worried about many things. In other words, he wanted Martha to know, honey, you are fully known. Many times you see people who are angry and accusing you or accusing God and just frustrated because they don't have the consciousness, they don't have the understanding and the revelation that they are fully known, fully cared and loved by God the Father. And so they will say things like, God, don't you care? Or they'll say to someone around them, spouses do this to each other, wives do this to their husbands. Don't you care about what's going on with me? Remember the story with Hannah and her husband? And she couldn't have children. And so she was angry at her husband. Thank you, Holy Ghost, for that illustration. That's good. I wasn't even thinking about it. The Holy Ghost just dropped it in me. And she went to him. Like, he's like, How? I can't make you have babies. I'm good here. <laughs> What's going on with your body? I mean, that's between you and God. But then he said something. He said, have I not been better to you than 10 sons? So even though he was better to her than 10 sons, because she was frustrated, she blamed him. And people do this all the time in relationships. Don't play the blame game in your marriage. Your spouse is there to love you is there to please you, but they cannot be your all in all. If you make your spouse or your boyfriend or your girlfriend your all in all, you are going to miss it. They are going to fail you. You're going to be more frustrated. And actually you'll be sinning because the Bible calls that idolatry. No one should come before Jesus in your life. Jesus is the one who brings you the satisfaction. Yes, your spouse may look good. Yes, your, your boyfriend or girlfriend may look good and they may give you those hugs or if you're married, if you're married and that sex is good. But guess what? At the end of the day, it still has its limits in satisfaction. Only Jesus can give you full satisfaction. That's why you see people, they have sexual relationships and they can have the hottest chick and they'll still cheat. Because lust can never be quenched. It has to be killed. 
What I mean is that it can't be quenched by lusting more, having more sex. I remember having to deal with husband and wife. The husband and wife had a great sex life, but because the husband had a sex addiction, no matter how good the sex was, the wife said, this guy's still masturbating afterwards. Crazy. And then having sex with people on the outside. Crazy. Because that's what the devil does. He makes you go crazy. And you can't be distracted. And you can't be accusing God of anything. You have to say, Lord, you are my all in all. Amen. And anything that's out of order, anything that's out of kilt, I submit it to you in Jesus. I submit my sexuality to you. I, sit, I submit my body to you. Amen. I, I submit my eyes to you. You got a girl, you got a husband, don't let your eyes roam around other places. Stay focused on yours. Amen. Now, it doesn't mean that you can't admire somebody. Some people get crazy with it. Don't even look at that way. Come on, stop. <laughs> you know? Some girls are like that. Some men are like that, you know? Please, don't be a, a, a nutcase, okay? KK, <laughs> chill. But roaming eyes constantly is a problem. Control yourself. God has given you the fruit of self-control. Amen. And you want to do these things when you know you're fully known, when you know that everything in your life is open before the Lord. God sees your reaction, your responses to temptation and things that come your way. God wants you to please him with your lifestyle. You please him as a person, but now let your lifestyle please him knowing that you are fully known. Amen. Which leads me to point number four. Now, I was uh, debating whether I should share this. I was like, God, come on, I'm trying to be positive up in here. And the Lord was like, and I look. Sometimes the Lord gives you a look, but you can't see him, but you can sense it in the spirit. Like, I'm like, okay. This last one, you ain't going to shout, but it's your good spinach for you. I'm going to keep you healthy. Being fully known is the basis for healthy relationships and sexual purity. Now, let me tell you something. This is something that actually should be celebrated because somebody said, said to me one time, and it was a compliment, because of how this church is, I didn't go crazy sexually when I came here. I could see how you are, and because when I'm hearing about other churches, and how everybody's doing everybody? The pastor too? I would have been, I would have, I would have been a baby Christian going crazy sexually. And it's happening all over. You have, you have no idea, some of you. Some of you do know. That was a compliment to me. I said I've been perfect, but I've been good. Walking in holiness and righteousness for years. Not three years, not five years. A long, long time. Matter of fact, you guys know Dele, who preached yesterday, I mean last week. One of his testimonies, he wasn't a virgin, he got married, but one of his testimonies is that he had been celibate for 10 years before he got married. Yes, a black, handsome Nigerian man 
celibate for 10 years. Before God. And it wasn't like he didn't have opportunity. He loved his God. He understood that he was fully known. And look what the Lord gave him. Beautiful wife, three beautiful children. You can be sexually pure. Don't let the devil, don't let your flesh tell you, nah, nah, you know you need this point. Nah, nah, you know you need to sex with your girl or your boyfriend. Come on, you've been doing it. No, tell the devil, no, no, no. Rise up in your righteousness. The Bible says the righteous are as bold as a lion. Say, I will not let this a curse keep going in my bloodline where everybody is sexually impure. Everybody's cheating on their spouse. No, it's not going to be my story. I'm starting a new line today. Hallelujah. And if you don't do it perfectly, you don't give up and say, oh, well, I, you know, I'm just going to go ahead and lie here. One day the Lord told me something. And it's a scripture, but I didn't realize what the scripture was. He said, don't lay your honor in the dust. And every time you engage in sexual impurities or a perverted sexual act, you are laying your honor in the dust and you're letting the devil trample all over you. Though you be a king, though you be a prince in the kingdom of God, rise up. Let me tell you something. Someone just gave me a testimony. They broke off a years-long ungodly relationship. And this person said, I feel so good because the cleanness is risen. The person could not believe how good they felt. They said, I'm doing things differently. And this is a long time they were in their mess, but they're out now. It's like having dirty hands and then you wash them. Don't you feel good? Or you smell stinky and sweaty. You get in that shower, you feel good. You're like, oh man. Right? That's how it is in the spirit realm. You're fully known. God expects you to have healthy relationships. So let's look at this last story. John 4, 16 and 18. Jesus said to this woman at the well, he's telling her, tell her, I can satisfy you. This world is going to be temporary. And really, it's not about the water. I want to talk to you about your relationships. So he says to her, go call your husband and come here. <laughs> I love Jesus. The woman answered and said, I don't have no husband. She didn't say, I don't have. She said, I have no husband. <laughs> Jesus said to her, you have well said, I have no husband. For you have had five husbands. And the one whom you now have is not your husband. In that, you spoke truly. I like how the King James says it. And the one you have now, he ain't your own. <laughs> he don't belong to you. So in other words, she was married five times, and now she was shacking. She gave up on marriage, and now she was just living with her man. People do it all the time today, even in the church. And Jesus is saying, no. You are fully known and you cannot live like this. 
unhealthy relationships will never satisfy you. Having sex will not be the ultimate satisfaction. There are women, there are men who have, who have repented and have a testimony. I just read a testimony today of a woman who's married who said, listen, I use my body. She said, I even got two STDs that she's now free from. She said, because I, I had a bad image and I thought that giving my body was the answer. And she realized that no, celibacy, purity is the answer. And in the end, God gave her a prince. Gave her a knight in shining armor. And she's thrilled now. And she had a baby now with her husband. When you do it God's way, you will always be blessed. And also, whatever kind of brokenness, when you do it God's way, it's being healed. Because when you give yourself over to impurity, there's something broken. There's something you haven't let Jesus heal in your heart. And the Bible says Jesus is the healer of the broken hearts. Nah, man, I'm just a man. <laughs> nah, bad I'm just a man. No, 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 no. God gave you your sexuality, and he knows how it's supposed to operate best. Come on. Come on. Thank you, Jesus. Listen, I didn't want to give you that last point, but listen, Jesus said to do it. When I go to heaven, he's going to be like, good job, boy. Good job. So I'm here to please him, not you. I like to please you, but my primary thing is to please him. So that's it. Praise God. No super high note, but you can still clap. Praise God. Hallelujah. So if you're watching and you are Christian and you've, you know, man, you know, you've missed it. You have some broken relationships, sexual impurity, you got some fears, whatever. Let's pray. Father, I just thank you for those who are watching. I pray that you, Lord God, would bless them. I thank you this word is going inside of them. It's transforming their lives. It's renewing their mind. It's causing them to look at themselves and question some things in their lives. It's causing them to repent right now. The gift of repentance is being given to you. The grace to overcome your addictions is being given to you right now. In the name of Jesus, I thank you, Lord, that your grace is coming on them. Your grace is falling on them. And they're going to be who you've called them to be. They're going to understand that they're fully known. They're fully loved. They're fully fully cared by you. And they have a responsibility to live their lives a certain way. I thank you, Lord God, that when the devil says, go this way, the Spirit of God is going to say, go that way. And they're going to obey the Holy Spirit. They're going to obey the impulses of the Spirit of righteousness. And they're not going to live by the dictates of their flesh. They're going to live by the dictates of the Spirit. Not only are they in the Spirit, not only will they live in the Spirit, but they're going to walk in the Spirit. We're going to speak in tongues and we're going to live holy. We're going to have miracles and we're going to walk in righteousness. Amen. It won't be one or the other. Amen. We're going to prosper. Amen. And we're going to have character. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise God. We're going to dance and shout and we're going to have integrity. Somebody say, thank you, Jesus. That's the real Christian life. <laughs> Jesus said, the Bible says that Moses came with, with the law, but Jesus came with grace and truth. Come on. Hallelujah. And we're going to be those people of grace and truth. And so, Lord, I thank you 
for delivering this message to your people through me. We are fully known and we're excited about it in Jesus' name. If you're watching, yeah, you can clap. That's awesome. Thank you, Jesus. If you're watching and you've never given your life to Christ and you want God to know you, you don't want to be forgotten and condemned to hell. Say this. Say, Jesus, don't forget me. Save me now. I want to be fully known. I receive your forgiveness for my sins. I receive your forgiveness for my sins. I accept your salvation. I call you Lord. In Jesus' name, I've just been born again. I've just been saved. Amen. Hallelujah. Welcome to the family of God. We're excited about you being part of God's family. And if you've done that for the first time, please email us or text us and let us know I gave my life to Christ so that we can contact you and just reach out to you and welcome you to the family of God officially. Amen. Now listen, we're about to take our offering. Don't turn it off. I know some of you turn it off. Don't turn it off. Don't turn it off. I want you to give right now. If you say, oh man, I don't got time to go to my online. I'm about to do something. Well, go to your phone. Get that cash app. <laughs> Download that cash app and give by cash app or give um, by mail or give by text. You can give by text at Winter Church. There's so many ways for you to give. There's no reason for you not to give. I know some of you, the devil has lied to you and said you can't afford to give. Let me tell you something. You can't afford not to give. You got to release that seed. You got to sow into the kingdom of God. This is your church. This is good ground. And God expects you to sow into this house. He expects you to give generously in the name of Jesus. I know some of us here, people ready, people, people ready to have their hot Christian summer. <laughs> <laughs> you know, they call it hot girl summer, hot guy summer, whatever you call it. But listen, don't spend all your money on yourself. Don't spend all your money on the drinks. And go on a vacation to Jamaica, wherever you want to go. Make sure you sow into the kingdom of God. Make sure you release back into the local church. Amen? God loves you. There are ways to give online. And please, go ahead and give. The Lord said, I will bless you and I will increase you for you being faithful. A faithful man shall abound with blessings. Come on, let God increase you supernaturally by giving in Jesus' name. All right, well, we're excited. Um, listen, God is good. God is moving in this place. We love Jesus. I love him. You love him. Listen, we're going to the next level. I, I, got, I got one more announcement to make before the worship team comes back. You guys, most of you have read the email. Um, we are allowed to go back to school now, but after I was agonizing in the middle of the night thinking something's not right, and I realized that, you know, the heat in the school is going to be unbearable because they have no air condition. Hopefully they're going to fix that in New York City. I heard that they were in all the schools, but right now there's no air condition, and I can't put you through that. So we're not going to have um, service until September 18th. We're coming back strong. That's when all the heat is usually dissipating and the uh, fall is coming in because fall is like two days later. So I made that decision with the wisdom of God that that's what we're going to do. I know other churches are starting up in July. I would love to do that, but we're not in a place where we could do that. So we're going to have 14 more weeks. We're going to be together. Amen. Hallelujah. Come on. Amen. And also, don't forget, June 26th, sign up. It's going to be a 
quick time of gathering, I think from 12 to 2, something like that. And so make sure that you sign up for that time at the park, and it's going to be fun. I love you guys. Have an amazing week. God fully knows you. God bless you in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. When it's church, come on, just begin to lift your hands.